Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's Your Story, we will focus on real people with killer jobs and talk about how they got where they are today. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers on this rainy Friday. Um, I, I, I actually hesitated there for a moment because obviously, as we all have no idea what day it is ever, um, Friday, good morning and welcome. Thank you for being here. We are so excited to have our friend, our fellow Fairhaven mom and um, hashtag boss babe here with us today, Amy. She's going to interview introduce herself in a minute, but Marissa, you want to say anything first before we introduce Amy, our guest? Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers. Uh, we're uh, happy to be plugging along, seeing some sparkles of hope out there. Just wanted to say, um, send some support to all of us as we head into, dare I say, August. I don't think it could be more timely to have this guest on as she has been preparing for the moment we are in professionally, probably her entire career. Um, although I don't think she knew she was preparing for it. Um, and I just wanted to say to the world from the choice fashion and media piece of Jamie and me, um, we are working on job orders. So we are working on jobs. People are working on jobs. I am working on four. Now in regular life, we work on like 14 to 20, no, 36 at a time. Sometimes it's fine. We have four job openings. And I could not be more pleased, which is why we have to keep our podcast timely because I have work to do. So anyways, and I will say quickly before I let Amy introduce herself, um, you know, Amy's been on our list to interview for some time. I think timing is everything. I happened to run into her husband at an outdoor karate class and he acted as her agent for a moment and said, you know, who you need to have on the podcast. And I'm like, I know she's on my list. Um, so we're so happy to have Amy here today and agreed that um would love to um put you know put a little love out there to everyone as we enter into this second month of the summer obviously we're all adjusting to another new normal right now with our kids potentially more home um so sending love to everyone and just so excited to have amy here to talk to us about a, a, an industry that i actually had never heard of the term before obviously i know what amy does and she's going to tell us in a minute from the ed tech world um meaning all the technology that we use, unfortunately or fortunately, in education that we all now know way more about. Um, so, so happy to have you here, Amy. You can go ahead and introduce yourself then. Thank you. Well, uh, my name is Amy Schultz. I am. Uh, I live in Fairhaven, New Jersey. Um, I'm Chief Marketing Officer at uh, Imagine Learning, um, which is a digital curriculum uh, company um, for grades uh, pre-K through eight. 
that uh, really believes and has the foundation of language acquisition and language development um, as the foundation of all learning. So that's what we do. That's what Digital I do. Digital curriculum. Anybody yes. know those terms lately? Digital oh, curriculum. And yeah. well, digital curriculum is different from virtual learning. So there's there's two separate pieces to that. I mean, the the digital curriculum that, that we design and provide in, in literacy and math is designed to have instruction in the classroom, you know, um, and being teacher led, but also using the technology um, that's adaptive to meet students where they are, you know, and help give them content and intervention as needed in both reading and math in the classroom. You know, they can do it at home too, but mm -hmm. it isn't just an online learning, like, you know, go off and do it on your own. Which I think is a lot of what we, you know, here in Fairhaven, obviously in most districts at this point, um, you know, the programs our kids have been now using that we now are helping them use, yeah. are things they were using in the classroom, but now they're using at home with our guidance. So I think it's so interesting to have you here. This time, of course, is so, you know, um, poignant as far as somebody in your industry. So um, for those that know, our podcast is designed in, and those who don't, our podcast has two kind of arms. One is called What's Your Story? And one's called What's the Word? Um, what's the Word is typically when we talk to somebody is, that inspires us in some way um, that doesn't necessarily have this like hierarchical chronological corporate career and when we talk to somebody who does have that we talk about what's your story kind of how'd you get here um let's talk about where it all began and how we got to where you are now um so wanted to start us today with one of our favorite questions actually probably our favorite question that marissa and i ask which is what did you want to be when you grew up, which I'm guessing was not a CMO of a digital learning company, but we always say that something about what you're about to tell us likely will connect to what you do now. So what did you want to do when you were, you know, a little girl? As far as I can remember, um, as far back as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a teacher and not just a teacher, a first grade teacher to be exact, um, because really that is where uh, the foundation of reading really begins and it starts to click. You know, and in kindergarten, you're introduced to letters and sounds and you develop that basic phonemic awareness. Um, you're also introduced to diagraphs, you know, so you have some of those building wraps, building blocks of learning. So, you know, you'll, you'll learn, kids will learn like CH makes that ch sound. Um, and then in first grade, they're building on that and they're adding to it. So then that's where, you know, you can be a little bit more animated and add a little bit element of surprise. You know, so I like to use hand gestures, um, sign language, even though I, I don't sign, but I know the letters sign. So things that will help them um, remember and have things stick, like uh, for suffixes, like ER makes the er sound, you know, so that kids will remember that and build upon it. Um, and I think, you know, first grade is just such a magical, um, exciting, special year. And that's what I always wanted to do and be. Um, and that's what I, that was my first job, my first real job with my degree. Yeah. Marissa, what do you think of that? I mean, so to actually I dream of being a first grade teacher and then become one. So it's just to be fair, in, in all the years that I have been doing what I've been doing, which is putting people to work. And then I also wrote children's books where I was 
touring classrooms and speaking to kindergartners, um, which is probably one of my personal highlights professionally. Um, I would say that the thing that comes up, the trades that come up, that usually in my historical You just said this recently, I want to say. You just said this. If you wanted to be a teacher when you were little, you become a teacher. It's yeah. a very interesting thing where, and, you know, and the same, I mean, granted, of course, you know, if I'm in a classroom and I'm polling 60 kids or I've stood in front of a 200 children and I get like a, a cross section of the baseball players and, you know, the football players and also the people that also want to play basketball at the same time. And then the singers, the actresses, all the things, right? So you take that away and then you have the several kids that stand up and they say they want to be an astronaut or they want to be an engineer, which I hear a lot more of now, um, mm -hmm. and you hear the teacher. Mm -hmm. and, or, and, and I would say teacher, policeman, you know, police, firefighter, those tend to be something that is innate. Yeah, and then, innate. And then you see it. So the reason how I know I would see it is if you interviewed the teachers in the class, right? So in the lesson that I would construct, of course, I would then normalize the experience and not just talk about your parents or that as the only adult, you know, but turn to the teacher and the teacher, like, what did you want to be when you grow up? And in my time, I would say 90% of the people I interviewed. All you wanted know, to be a teacher. All wanted to be a teacher and all our teachers. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised at that, especially yeah. for pre-K through three, you know, those early primary years, because that that is a, a special spot, you know, if they, mm -hmm. right. Get more into you know um, middle school and high school. You know you may have uh, an English background and then want to be an English teacher. Right. You know? well, exactly. So there were there was a moment in my journey where I thought I was I wanted to teach English just for like a little moment because um, I love to read. Uh, we'll talk about this in a minute. But from what I understand, you have a reading nook in your home, which I'm about to come over and crawl into. Um, <laughs> I, I love to read and I loved English literature and I loved all of that stuff. And I loved to, I did teach a little bit in college. Um, I taught a program, which I wonder if you know about. It was called Junior Achievement. Do you, do you know about this program in your I journey? No. Junior Achievement was a, a program that I guess was treated almost like, I wonder if it still exists, I should Google it, but um, it was treated like an ambassador program the way we, we and I taught fifth grade um, how to how to build business like it was an actual building business like if you wanted to open a business like business marketing but in a in a translatable elementary school program and I went in as a business major and taught it and then I also taught something similar in an inner city um, school district, which was an incredible experience too. Yeah. And, uh, and then I realized that I um, really only liked certain aspects of it and that dream went on the shelf. But anyway, back to you. But junior achievement <laughs> was a very interesting thing. I haven't even thought about that until I was thinking about you this morning because I was thinking about all these programs that you must through the years have been exposed to. Sure. Yeah conceptualize or help get to market. Um, you know, I, I'm curious, you know, for what it's worth, I tick by unpacking other people's career choices. I'm sorry, that's so lame, but that's why we're on the Dreamcatchers today. I think it's, it's fascinating. 
right? So it's fascinating to me that there is a business, an industry where like your B2B or your B2C is so entirely different than what I focused on my entire career. And that for in meetings with, I don't know who you're, you're, you're marketing to, I don't know what about content that I end up kind of touching by accident because I'm a mom, right? So, or parents anyway. So, but with this really promising desire and first grade to want to be a first grade teacher, I'm assuming that you may or may not have had some amusing experiences between the wish and the actual. So what was your actual first gig that you had? Um, and now insert insert the, the, the spoiler alert. Usually teachers will say that they babysat or worked at camp. So let's yeah, hear it. I well, I did that, but I also, I would say when, uh, when I was 14, um, I started working because I wanted a pair of Gap jeans and I got a job <laughs> at uh, the local um, Captain D's, which is a um, fast food seafood place, um, cleaning tables and worked my way up to work the drive-thru. Um, <laughs> working your way up. I love it. I'm and you grew up, way up to do the drive-thru. Remind, remind us where you grew up. I grew up in Kansas City. I'm a Kansas City. Now I'm not a Jersey girl. I'm Can from Kansas City um, on the Kansas side, um, Wyandotte County to be exact. They, they call it uh, the dot. Um, and uh, that's that's where I grew up, right smack in the, the middle of the country. Um, but I've always worked, you know, um, from, you know, I didn't necessarily have to. I, I wanted to because there were things that I wanted and I just learned a ton of responsibility and working with people and behaviors and personalities. Um, but I babysat a ton. Um, I waited tables. Um, I did all kinds of things, you know, um, for the, for the, the for the gap jean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. or at that time it was the V-neck sweater with the multi-colors right here, which oh, I had yeah. in with the yeah. yeah. um, So, okay. And so your then, first real job was working in fast food. When did you start working? Did I mean, obviously, did you major in education? What was your college yeah. experience? I did. I, I majored in education. Um, and then I got my master's degree um, in education. I was a, a part of a, a special extended program um, that you could also work on your master's, um, it, you know, as part of this program. I didn't finish awesome. my master's in that, but, um, you know, and the internships in teaching and education is you know, student teaching. So I got to student sure. teach at a couple of different um, schools and different le uh, levels, but um, the same time I was also waiting tables at a steakhouse and, um, you know, teaching spinning and aerobics, you know, always had a bunch of different Were you things. really? Yeah. Wow. Do you have a Peloton now? I do. We I do, do too. We'll have to share our names after. Um, I just recently got it. I ordered it. I was a pandemic purchase. Um, duh. And it was like literally saved my life because I don't know what I would have done without it, but it didn't come till I ordered it in March. It didn't come till June 5th. Um, I wrapped, I wrapped an Emma Lovewell not too long ago. Yeah, which is why my hair is still back. Right, She's my favorite. She's Love my Emma. I, I'm a I'm a big Emma fan, and Love I also took, I took Olivia's abs. Um, which Love I Olivia not, too. I will not show you my abs to justify her hard work. <laughs> um, okay, so you you stayed you stayed local. You were Midwest. You stayed in yeah. Kansas for your. Yeah, I'm looking now. Um, and then you and then when your first job, you ended up in a school. I, I'm assuming close to home. 
Yeah, I was in um, Overland Park, Kansas, and I taught um, first grade there. Um, and so that's, you know, I, I, I taught first grade and then I waited tables and that's what I did. Um, really enjoyed that experience. That's what I thought I would always do. So what I think is extremely interesting, and this is where I, I jump in and I look at a resume, right? I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile because I think it's really interesting to look at somebody and this goes out to any of our listeners out there who happen to have some extra wink wink time on their hands looking at people and their fields and careers of choice. You see somebody that grew up in Kansas, okay? And did all of her schooling in Kansas and then worked as a first grade teacher in the Overland Park School District. And then there's a moment where it looks like right around probably 9-11, mm -hmm. you end up in Boston at a mm -hmm. company doing something completely not what you set out to do. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is where I get like, all right, let's pour the coffee and let's listen up. What happened? Okay. Um, so, you know, it was in my, my mid twenties, um, I was teaching and I was uh, diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and um, went through, you know, a um, series of chemo and radiation at the time. Um, I was perfectly healthy otherwise, and also young enough to um, be resilient and knowing that I was gonna be okay. Um, but what that did do is that, you know, it compromised my immune system and wouldn't allow me to be in the classroom with, mm. you know, um, six-year-olds at the same time. And, you know, and that was also the time about the time that like pharmaceutical sales were blowing up. And it seemed like all of my friends were in pharma and they had, you know, cars, company cars and cell mm -hmm. phones at the time, which nobody had, you know, and laptops, like what? what is, what is happening? You know? And, uh, I was looking at, okay, well, what is going to be, I, I wanted to stay in education. Um, and I was really kind of heartbroken, but knew that I'll, I'll go back to it. You know, I'll do something else for a little bit. I'll go back to it. And, uh, I, I stumbled across, um, ed tech sales, you know, for higher education. Um, and so I went sight unseen from Kansas and got a sales job in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, had never been to Pittsburgh, but went to Pittsburgh by myself and uh, called on colleges and universities in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and um, West Virginia. Um, so grew up locally, beat cancer, and yeah. moved to a city alone to do yeah. something completely different, although translatable. And that's, that's a brave warrior move. Yeah. It was I good. Mean, when, when, when we interview people, when we interview people in regular life, and they've moved to the big bad city. We always talk about this. I grew up here. So mm -hmm. I, I think it takes a lot of courage to change, to change your course. Yeah. Literally. Um, it, it is not easy to, to leave home and start somewhere new. And we didn't have 90% of what we have today when you did that. And yeah. also you had just gone through a personal health journey, which probably must have made your parents so excited about you moving to Pittsburgh. Oh, they, yes. No, <laughs> that's a whole other, yeah. That's a different podcast. That is, yes, that is. But I, I was in, I mean, you know, I moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So that was great in that, you know, it was the East Coast, but it wasn't New York, you know. Right, it was, a, it was a little bit of a transition. Yeah, it, and it was uh, great. I was very thankful that I had that time 
to myself without any other distractions. I could really focus on myself and my learning and my growth and uh, my career. And that's what I did. Um, so much so to where um, a couple of years after that, and I was experiencing success, you know, um, in the field, um, but I was also creating my own um, sales tools, you know, and, and things that I thought I might get in trouble for. Um, but the corporate office had said, you know, we need more support in marketing. Like, well, I don't have a marketing background, um, but I know how to communicate to educators. You know, um, I know how to talk to people. And I went then from Pittsburgh to Boston um, to be in marketing. In the same company, you made same it. Company. Yep. it. Same company. I love those yep. stories too. We, we, we often talk about how, um, you know, there are ways to make career changes within a brand that you're already working for. Yeah. Um, so, yep. so you went with your company from Pittsburgh to Boston. How long were you in Boston? I was in Boston for three years. Okay. And yep. then what, what came after that? What was I next? Boston. Boston's I a great so, city. Boston I, too. I, I loved it. it. It was, it was so fun. Um, I went, um, also worked in uh, product development, um, there, um, and, you know, really enjoyed my time there. Um, but I was also um, long distance uh, dating. I had met um, my now husband who lived in New York. And uh, after uh, three years, I ended up moving um, to Hoboken. That was in 2004 and I stayed there for 14 years. Um, and then moved into another higher education company that was uh, based in Hoboken. So it was great. I lived and worked. So there. ironically, as we were all neighbors in Hoboken too, but didn't really know each other, although I knew who you guys were and you guys knew who we were, which John and I discovered later in the in the game. Um, I was not I was not privy. I don't know if I connected the dots that Wiley, granted scholastic I obviously know. Yeah. Um, but Wiley, I don't know if I realized was education focused. I remember I, I don't know what I thought it was. I know what um, I thought it was. Ready? Here it comes. Bartending for dummies. Because yeah. I had a Wiley book that was my, the dummies books. Remember those, Marissa? No, no way. So Wiley publishes that. Well, what Wiley has, there's an education division, but they also have um, research and they have a consumer. And consumer. Right. And is the research, was it, was it research heavy on in like textbooks? I remember textbooks and I remembered the dummies only because I did what was called as, as for the, not to date myself, but for those that know, it was called guest bartending back in the day. And when you, we were in our twenties, you could you mean like, when you could go out. Yeah. And you could like work at the bar. And if you brought a certain amount of people into the bar, you made X amount of money, but I didn't know how to bartend. I didn't know how to make drinks. I just knew how to make a yeah. rum and Coke or like a vodka soda. And so I read Bartending for Dummies and it was a Wiley book. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. And I was living in Hoboken. So I feel like, or my boyfriend at the time, now husband was. So I like connected that it was based in Hoboken. It says it on the back of the book, I think. Um, I was like, I'm wow. Sure so Wiley would love to know that that was your. That um, was my first introduction experience. to Wiley. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's, a, it's a profound moment. <laughs> you know, by the way, that was a very good commute for you. It was, it was fantastic. And, you know, I had both of my kids, you know, during that time, I rode my bike to work every day. Um, oh, that's amazing. Was close. It was, it was really so, great. So for those of the people listening that don't understand or can't compute this, Amy had like moved, she's from the Midwest, moved to the New York area after her journey and happens to probably find the only position 
that you could actually do with her skill set. And it was a stone's throw from her home. Mm -hmm. um, it was, that was a very good moment, but you earned your stripes on that. Um, yeah. You know, and way, as far as anybody that lives in Hoboken that was working in corporate at one point or another definitely applied to a job at Wiley because it was like it's, it's, you're like oh this would be great yeah I definitely did when I was in corporate HR I'm like I definitely applied to a few jobs there because I was like this would be so awesome if I could just walk to work or ride my bike to work so yeah, well, I, I believe that everything about work is going to be slightly different and when I say slightly I'm putting that in quotes and asterisks and some stars um from going forward especially how we've spent the last few months but and, and it's funny i don't know the last time we've done we've done so many of these podcasts but i haven't actually gone through a resume with somebody because i found your background so fascinating because your choices which by the way i believe are not coincidence of course i always believe in the spiritual side to the choices that we all make um i just really were special and they and they stay true now, knowing that this was your innate um, desire is to teach and educate. And the truth is, is everybody's supposed to be using their most important skills, especially right now. So tell us, you know, this is where we kind of talk about like, all right, so what are you doing? Like, what are you doing now? I mean, your whole career was your aha moment. Um, but, you know, is there anything from way, I mean, and, and, and I would also ask you, like, do you draw on your original jobs? And obviously you did because yeah. you're working on product that draws on your, um, your, your original desire to original be an educator. Mm -hmm. um, so, so tell us a little bit about what now looks like. Like yeah, what's, what's, your, what's your, learning all about? what's your current role? How'd you get there? Um, yeah. And what are you doing now? All right, so I was in higher education for um, 10 years, and uh, then I went into K through 12. Um, and so I was at uh, Scholastic and uh, Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. Um, I have, you might know them from Curious George, um, but, uh, but on the education um, side, so also curriculum. Um, and then uh, we moved from Hoboken, you know, out to the Burbs after, um, you know, 14, 15 years um, in Hoboken. And, you know, I, I knew that I didn't want to have um, both of us commuting to the city every day. Um, and so I, I was just at a point in time to think, you know, what, what should I be, what can I be doing, you know, um, next? And I wanted to work for a company that um, was uh, in growth, um, that had um, agility and flexibility, um, and also um, opportunity for where we're heading, you know, and, uh, you know, I got a job with Imagine Learning um, that is based in Utah, and it was really a great um, life balance for me, um, in a sense, although I don't really believe in balance, we can talk about that in, in a minute, but um, because the company is based in Utah, I work from home. Um, normally, and I travel um, to Utah at least once a month uh, for a week. And so that's been normal. Um, but, you know, the work that we're doing and just transitioning from being um, a, a one uh, product company that is um, largely based in uh, literacy and language development um, to the growth and acquisitions and development and to um, math and assessment. And so when you, you know, Horace Mann once said, you know, education is the great equalizer. And, you know, we believe that, okay, that's true. Yes, it is. But 
um, language is its foundation, you know? And so when you have that mindset and that mantra and theory of action, that then applies to um, math, for example. So, you know, moving beyond um, computation to comprehension. Um, and that's a lot of the work that we do from a, a marketing, as a company, from a marketing perspective, it's driving awareness, driving engagement, um, working with uh, superintendents all across the country, um, working with um, educators, um, you know, teachers, not only in the classroom, but curriculum developers and, uh, uh, and coordinators in districts. And so it's been really awesome to see what that looks like at a national scale, you know, um, in comparison to, you know, your world in, you know, where, where we live. And now tell us, um, it's, it's so fascinating because obviously I think you don't necessarily, it's funny, I had this conversation this week where Marissa and I've spent our entire career understanding, careers, understanding like the fabric of companies, right? And how corporations are made up and who's in charge of hiring decisions and who's in charge of this and what does this job title mean and how do you right. write the job description? And not until I would say I was a parent did I really see a school system, and now I'm on the PTA executive board, that, that I saw the school system as a business and how there's so many players that are exactly like a corporate company, right? You have the curriculum developer, which is essentially the person that's helping put together what our kids are learning. And then you have the educators that are actually implementing those things. And then you have um, you know, the superintendents which are and, and principals, which are basically like the bosses. And it's just so interesting to, to think of it that way. And yeah. I don't know that I really put so much thought into where those educators and administrators were getting their information and how that dissemination of information happened from somebody like you and your company to them. Um, yeah. So obviously there's a lot of competition, I would imagine, in digital learning now. And, and so how do you find yourself navigating that? Like, how do you as a company stand out? Like why your tool versus somebody else's tool? Yeah, you know, and I think it's it's really, we're, we're at such a pivotal time right now in education, you know, to where um, we've been at this uh, digital transformation for about 10 years. You know, what does that really mean? What does that look like? Um, and I think we're at a, a point right now to where, um, you know, the the use of, of technology and adaptive technology to, um, really meet students where they are is so important, but it has, it does not take the place of the teacher because the teacher is the center of learning. And, you know, we are, um, Imagine Learning is, you know, we're one of 5,000 um, ed techs, you know, um, in this space. There's a lot of supplemental um, programs. There's a lot of what we call core um, programs, you know, that are based, um, heavily based in the classroom that have some digital components, um, lots of different segments. And it's really confusing, I think, for a district to look at all of the options that are out there. First, know what they are. Um, you know, how do you know what's going to make the biggest impact um, for your students and group of students? Um, and so that's really where, you know, pilots come into play. Um, and really doing a lot of outreach that uh, is critical to see what's been changing, who's been keeping up, you know, um, how can you really see um, the, the progression, you know, of, of where students are, where they need to be, how do you intervene at that moment that's most critical. 
um, what does the data tell you, and then how does it inform your instruction as a teacher and educator in the classroom? It's really fascinating. It's you know, Marissa was saying it's you know, I don't know if it's the time that we're living in now. Obviously, the elephant in the room is that we are now more privy to these programs. I mean, it is what it, I never. It's not that I didn't know what my kid was using, but I didn't need to have the login information. I didn't know. Oh. I wasn't in the website looking at you know, Pearson math. I wasn't, you know, I didn't know much about it. I knew that they were using digital tools in the classroom. So talk us through a little bit, if you don't mind, of how life has shifted for you professionally and personally now that- yeah. I just wanna say something, I wanna insert something. Yeah. I think, I think there, one of the things that I think is very interesting um, for all of us as people in society is there is a, a trust, the word trust, um, and, and some of us are, 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 are more fortunate than others, or some of us try to move to school districts that are play into what we're interested in. And of course, you grow up, whether you're inter, in, into being, in, in, whether you're in tune with education or whatnot, you're, we're drawn as a society to schooling and good schooling and patterns and all this different stuff. But there's also an unspoken trust that we, as a society, as parents, where we just, that's the one thing where it's like, you know, you guys in school. You guys got it. You like, you it. deal with it. Yeah. You know, like, we don't have the room. And it's not to say that we're not involved parents. And I'm not speaking for all people. I think people that are educators obviously have more of an in tune, you know, chromosome where they know a lot more of what the Amy's of the world are doing. But for the rest of us, our brains have more than their fair share, wink in it. And if I'm sending my kid to school, which God willing, I will get to do in some capacity one day again soon, yeah. you know, I, they receive my child and my child learns there. And mm -hmm. I did everything I could on my end up until this point to get them to the spot that I thought you was- You know what? And I think you're hitting an interesting nail on the head there with similar what Amy was saying earlier about watching her friends in pharma sales. I think there's obviously a lot of similarities there, right? You, similar to going to a doctor. You go to a doctor and they prescribe something and you're just like, trust that that's the right drug for you. But they got that information and drug because of people like Amy in the pharmaceutical business, educating them, doing the trials, doing the research so that we trust that when we go to a doctor, we're getting the, the care that we are supposed to be getting. And I think education is fairly similar that way. You just kind of hope that you send your child to a great school district that you moved to for that reason, likely, um, that they're receiving the right tools and the right education with those tools. And it so, is a fabric, it's a complete pillar and fabric of our lives, that trust, which is why we're all so loop-de-de-looped right now. <laughs> anyway, so add that to the list of another podcast. But back to you, Amy. So tell us, run us through a little bit of your new normal, obviously, you were in a fortunate situation where you were working from home. Um, I'm sure, I know I, I've had conversations with you off record that you did enjoy your trips to Utah. We had actually talked about, I've actually been to a, a beautiful place in Utah that um, we've talked about, I think. Um, and in, in general, like not having that space or that time with your in-person um, relationships out there and or trying to just navigate your day-to-day -day because I'm guessing you have not had a moment that has not been incredibly busy in the last few months. Yeah, um, 
true. That 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 is very true. You know, I, I'll say so. My my new um, normal, if you will, hasn't changed too much, other than it has just been all consuming all the time, um, and that probably isn't any different from you know any anyone else out there. Um, you know, what I will say you know, is that um the environment working environment um even though i've been remote um when you work at a company that has a blend or a corporate office a traditional corporate office to where people go to that office you know and you don't go to that office on a regular basis you know so it is it has provided um a sense of equity in that everybody's online everybody has to work to you know communicate and build the relationships you know we're on camera all the time um there's not really the um you know the sidebar you know conversations that you'll see in the hall and have and, and maybe miss um it has really changed the dynamic i think in, in a good way um although i i love the in-person aspect that can never be replaced but you know there it's a moment in time to where it has um kind of forced, you know, everyone on equal par in terms of how you communicate and how you work, you know? Um, and so that's, I think that's been uh, an aha and a really helpful moment. Um, but, you know, my new normal um, for homeschooling though too has been, you know, I work with the kids in the morning. Um, I have two hour time difference, you know, which is, which is a really great, for me, you know, because I can, I work out in the morning, I get the kids ready, get them breakfast, um, get all their materials ready, um, supplement where I need to, uh, because I know where the kids are. Um, and so I'll help to kind of craft what their day looks like and spend the first couple of hours implementing that with them, you know, in different centers. And I'm very fortunate enough to have um, an au pair um, who I will then transition, you know, to her to finish some of the rotations um, and the learning, make sure they get on their 20 Zooms a week or whatever, you know, that that is, um, you know, to finish out the day. And so I'm on back-to-back -back meetings all day um, and meeting a lot with districts, um, uh, governors in the reopening process. I, I do work um, as a consultant uh, for the DOE. And so, um, I'm seeing, you know, and experiencing uh, things that it, from a unique perspective, um, both from the business angle, um, also knowing what it's like to be in the classroom. And I feel so deeply for the teachers. Mm -hmm. um, they're doing the best that they can. You know, they weren't necessarily trained, especially in, in uh, elementary on how to transition the learning, you know, um, virtually. Um, everyone's doing the best they can, what professional development looks like. But then I also have that perspective of being a mom, you know, and a working mom. It's a lot, you know, um, and I have you great think? empathy. <laughs> I know, I have great empathy. We're because fine, everything's fine. We're good. I should mention, I have a question then on, on that, not to interrupt you, but do you find that companies like yours or others that you work alongside are getting more into the professional development of training the teacher on these tools and implementing them? And how does that correlate as a second part to the parent, right? And then I'm guessing your business has shifted as far as these conversations, like how do we market not only the tool to the teacher and the superintendent, but how is this going to translate to, to the home? Because that is yeah. our 
current reality. You know, it's funny, and I don't, I don't know your brands. Like, I don't know your different disciplines, but I know from our, our kids are all in the same school district, and I know that there's certain programs yeah. that I've jumped on to help. You know, I'm fortunate where I have a rising, a soon-to-be sixth grader, and God knows if I try to help her, she tells me to get lost, right? But my other, my second grader, soon to be third grader, because she has a big sister, she tried to do so many things herself, which in the midst of homeschooling, I realized was actually fake news and I needed to help her more. And, you know, I'm logging into things that, that I actually, you know, needed to figure out Pearson and, and, um, Epic, Raz um, and, you know, all these different things that, you know, I'm looking and I'm, I'm trying and I'm, you know, saving passwords and there were definitely things now as i'm sitting here talking on a business level that were more user friendly where yeah. i was like oh i understand where to click you know what i mean we're we're you know, i'm just trying to pause my meeting go into your room solve a meltdown lock on this figure it out real fast so i'm guessing that you probably had to have actual conversation and or make tweaks or insert pop-ups or anything oh, because yeah. other eyes were looking yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so there, there, there's two pieces there. I'll, I'll first address the professional development aspect because at every edtech company has a very strong um, professional development aspect uh, because it is so critical uh, for implementation with efficacy and fidelity um, to make sure that you know the programs that are being developed and designed are implemented in a way to where it makes the most impact you know for student outcomes and for teacher success so that that is a part of the the program um but it's what does that look like from an ongoing perspective you know and so that it has to be continuous improvement and continuous professional development that not every district um i mean every district has professional development but at different levels um, the, in terms of the communication and the, the training, if you will, to um, parents, you know, yeah, you know, we, uh, right, it, everything happened overnight. And so right away, um, we built a at-home um, website and a series of trainings, um, primarily for teachers and educators with parent explain letters. Explain it to the parents. Yeah, mm -hmm. to explain to the parents. Now, we don't explain it directly to the parents because if you can think as a parent how overwhelming that is to have 20-some programs, you know. Um, Explaining. It's going to yeah. the, so you're going to the educator to. Going to the educator. You're, yeah. you're creating yeah. content for the educator to be able to simply explain to their 20, 25 students how to use this and the parents and, and to and to the parents you know and yes but yeah and from a business side you know you, you have to look at um what that population looks like you know so sure. we're talking translations into 33 languages you know we're talking about um short video clips we're talking about um our customer support you know being able to speak different languages you know if a parent um calls and so it has changed our business model to support the needs of the education community, which has always included parents as partners, but now more intimately because they are taking on a big onus um, and lift of educating their children at home. It's fascinating I to mean, me. Did you have to hire from an HR standpoint, did you have to hire new people for that kind of stuff or did you train internal people for that? 
all that stuff or was it both <laughs> um we I can't we, even uh, imagine yeah uh, no we we stood it up uh, pretty quickly because um uh and had a, a lot of uh help you know within the organization and and I, I will say you know that is one thing about being in this industry is that people who are in this industry show up they're passionate they want to help you they know? have and a passion for this for yes. some reason or another yeah. yes and when things I mean this is this is your moment I mean yeah, this is an is. unexpected Super Bowl yeah it, it is and so you know what will we say you know I mean really but in our industry um back to school is like Christmas and retail, you know, because mm -hmm. you have to roster and onboard, you know, literally millions and millions of students and make sure that they're up and running every, you know, um, back to school season and supporting the districts and training um, the teachers. And so back to school for me has always been a personal and professional, like, uh, you know, like September is really intense august and september are really intense but what happened with this pandemic and when the shift went overnight you know to running at home like that was like back to school happened in march and it's been happening you know so right, like you haven't ha you haven't had a pause no no it just keeps changing and shifting and we're working around the clock you know on it to make sure that everybody has the best possible um experience it's wild. It's crazy. And and how would you find, you know, obviously you're a senior level player at the company. Um, how have you been with your team? Like, for example, we love talking about to people, you know, here you are, obviously your business and the actual day to day of your business has shifted so much. Um, you've had to make all sorts of probably shifts within your own team and the leadership team and how everyone's working together. What has been something that stood out to you? Uh, you know, we we've asked some of our guests this where you know, did you have a daily meeting with your team? Did you have, do you speak to your counterparts or bosses on a regular? And what about the people that report to you? So how have you shifted in this new normal? And also before you answer, and also after, as you're hiring, does it matter where the person's sitting? Yeah, no. like how does it, how does that all look, look now? Um, the location does not matter. Um, we, we will hire um, remote. Um, you know, the, the office is based in, in Utah and, sure. uh, and we do, you know, we always look for local people too. Um, we are closing our offices that will eventually open, you know, and there is a very great culture and community, you know, there. And so we always look to, um, we, we put both, you know, sure. um, but in terms of how, um, I work with and manage my team, I, I think this is where emotional intelligence comes to play. Sure. Um, because, you know, people are understandably um, overwhelmed and everyone handles it a little bit differently, you know, so I am available and people know that I'm available and will slack me and contact me, you know, all day long, you know, to help make decisions or whatnot. Um, we ha I have a meeting with my directs every Monday um, to help set priorities for the week to listen to each other. So we all know, you know, what is our game plan because it changes, you know, um, every week every day you know so we have that sense of visibility as to what people are working on what people need help with um but you know i i always tell them too like i'm not you can you can text me but i'm not available during this particular window because i'm homeschooling you know mm -hmm. and i want to set that example um uh, for others on my team that have um, school-age children you know to have some flexibility 
How um, quickly we've all been able to normalize things that we didn't feel comfortable with before. Mm -hmm. um, where I mean, maybe perhaps in your industry, Amy, you felt more comfortable, right? But I'm speaking generally to most parents right yeah. now. You know, my, my husband, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just think it's so incredibly important and poignant what you're saying. My husband said to me yesterday, because we had like cars going in different directions and a soccer tryout and needed to get her there. And he came home and he was just like, okay, you can't do this every day with the job that I have. And he's like, I, I literally had to tell my team, like I'm unavailable for the next two hours. I'm literally being as hands-on of a parent as I need to be. You can't be sitting there checking your email, which I have a feeling is when you're going to talk about the balance piece. It's coming. I can feel it. You mentioned it before. It's on its way. I can hear it. Um, but, you know, he basically said, he's like, I want to be on the soccer field. I don't want to be the guy that's looking at my phone. And I said, well, hashtag welcome to the world of a working mother, because we've been doing that. Yeah, for right, right. Uh, okay, guys, it's time to level up. Anyway, um, but I, I digress and I didn't mean to interrupt, but go ahead and, and, and continue what you were saying. And by the way, don't, don't be shy. Tell us what your thoughts are on balance. Cause I, I know you said earlier, I don't believe in balance, which I think is an interesting sentence. Would love to hear your, your sentiment on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's a nice um, thought, but you know, if in real in reality and to really get real, it's about choices, you know? And so I think of it more as, you know, where I am, at who I'm with and being present at what's in front of me. And so when I am working, when I'm at my desk, when I'm in this environment that you see here, I am totally focused on what's at hand, you know, um, who's on the camera, who I'm speaking with, the writing that I'm doing, the work that I'm doing. Um, and I will, you know, I, I take breaks I, down with the kids and then I have lunch with them. I'm with them when I'm teaching them or when I'm with them in the morning, that's my time with them. I'm not checking mm -hmm. email. I'm not doing any of that. And at night when I come down, I have down, downstairs um, before they go to bed, you know, I have about an hour and a half or so with them and I leave my phone up here. I don't even bring it down, you know, with me. So I'm with them and we go for walks and we count how many dogs we see on our walk, you know, and um, just being present at that moment is a choice. Um, and so that, that's why I'm, I'm a big believer in necessarily not using that word um, balance because I believe that's impossible to really adhere to. Um, it is about deciding, you know, who and when you're going to show up and really be present in that moment. I need that. I need to hear like I the reason. Hear you, yes. you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call you on Monday mornings after your team meetings and I'm going to say, tell me that again, please. <laughs> um, or I'll, I'll just replay this episode. Um, uh, I actually am hiding in the reading nook. Yeah. Um, to be reminded. Um, we didn't talk about that on air yet, but Amy, I was, I was told by a mutual friend that Amy had a beautiful reading nook in her house where the kids can choose books. And she was telling us about it before we got on the call. Um, and she has a couch and they have their own beanbag chairs. And I think we all can channel a little bit of Amy's reading nook and balance theories. I love all that. So tell us, um, Amy, are you reading anything good right now? You know, I just finished Untamed by Glenn Lennon, um, but Glenn, uh, Glennon Doyle, Glennon Doyle. Um, but that was fantastic. Um, yep. 
And I, I like to do a blend of uh, audio books and um, physical books. So I kind of do a blend of those. I tend to do my business reading, you know, um, on leadership. Right now I'm reading Digital Darwinism um, by Tom Goodwin. I had read it before, but he's somewhat of futuristic and I, and I love his thoughts reading that in, in, um, in physical form. And then when I walk, I'll read something like Untamed, you know, um, and listen to, I like to hear the author's voice and the emphasis that they have at certain points. And that makes my walks go longer. And, and I do enjoy that. I love that. Do you have any mantras or, um, you know, obviously you've said a couple, you've quoted a couple of folks, but do you personally have any mantras? Or anything that yeah. you like to live by besides that balance does not exist? Well, <laughs> I know. Just, and that you have the ability to create strong boundaries and you have a reading hook? Yeah. Yeah, so, I love all those things. But do you have any mantras that you say to yourself or live by? Yes. Uh, every day I keep saying to myself, and it is my mantra, to just keep going. You know, um, to no, no matter what, um, everything's temporary, be strong, be kind, be focused, and above all, just keep going. Um, my, my other that, you know, I love Renee Brown, um, and sure. I just, I just feed on her constantly. Um, but, and I think even in this, in this time and in this climate, um, you know, her mantra of perspective, I think is, is so important too, because it's being able to set aside your own experiences to see others' experiences and what they bring to the conversation, how different it may be, um, because it allows you to have empathy and understanding to have a conversation that could be really hard. And, and let's be honest, I mean, we're all having very tough conversations daily. Um, and I think that perspective is so important. I have have a, a, a calendar reminder, which those people that know me really well know that that's a funny sentence because I have a lot of calendar reminders. Um, <laughs> Marissa I, like puts on her calendar, like go to Bellworks to, 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 to like try Jersey freeze. Like it's like something she wants to remember yeah. to do, but it like comes up every day and then she moves it to the next day. I I'm just, like, I, I am a, I was originally as a child, someone that wrote everything down. Like I, I would redo my my to do list for my file of facts. I used day. to have my file of facts. And that was a file of facts, and I still miss my BlackBerry for those reasons. And I have my brain is completely trained. I'm a walking post-it slash. By the way, I want to go to Bellworks to Jersey Freeze. That was my so example. So do I. Anyway, but I have a recurring reminder that says usually on Fridays because my afternoons are a little bit lighter um, to listen to something from Brene or Glennon. And mm -hmm. because I find, and I know that I am one of so many people, but when they're talking, I feel like they're speaking directly to me. Yeah. Right. And I feel like my, I, I want to be like, yes. <laughs> you know, like, right. I'm like, hey, I'm, like, right? I'm, I'm trying so hard all these years with, you know, choice and the dream catchers and all the different stuff that we're doing and we try to do. And I'm like, and, and there are these people out there that, that are just getting, you know? Um, but I mean, Brene is just everything. Everything. Um, so is there any, we like to wrap typically with a couple other fun questions just to kind of yeah. like shake it out. Um, our other favorite thing that we ask besides your mantra is we believe that everyone has a superpower. You know, like obviously we've learned a few of yours today, Amy, 
um, with boundaries and balance and um, reading nooks. Uh, but do you find, you know, Marissa and I talk about this all the time with people. There is something innate about anybody out there. And we do believe that everyone has that innate thing that they bring that no one else has, that you bring to your group of friends, potentially, that you bring to your team. Um, is there anything that you would say is your superpower? My super, you know, I think if my friends would tell you that um, they think I'm more of a, a storyteller, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think I, I like to put different things into perspective by telling stories. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a superpower. Um, I, I will say one thing that I, I have discipline for is um, never hold, I don't hold grudges. I just don't, you know, people take things very personally and uh, I've just learned not to, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that is, um, it's a disciplined strength because sometimes it's hard to, but um, I do think that if you can obtain that, it does become a superpower because then you're able to let go, you know, and, and focus on things that matter. And just keep going. See, look, just your superpower becomes your mantra. That's such yeah. a dream catcher's moment. Um, is there is there anything that you want to be able to share, um, whether it's professionally to your colleagues at Imagine Learning, um, or maybe words of wisdom, words of wisdom to somebody that's interested in your field? Um, anything that you want to take this platform and be able to say that we haven't asked you directly? Yeah, that that's that's a great question. I mean, I I, I think the the climate that we're in. Um, I, I really encourage Route One to take action. You know, there's a lot of learning that we're doing, and it can mean something different for ev everyone. But showing up every day with purpose to take action for change—that's um, something that I think about every morning. You know, what is going to be my purpose today to take action? Um, and, and it's not a laundry list of everything that I need to get done. That's overwhelming. Taking it up to a higher purpose, um, kind of going back to your why. You know, why do you do what you do? It helps to ground yourself, create agency, um, and really invoking um, the energy and the strength that you have to get through the day. Because really, it's all about right now getting through survival. Yeah, and I would say that that's just it. It's not it. I you know for 2020, you know, I, I would think, you know, we're, we're all in survival mode. That would be my word, survive. But if you change that to not just survive, but thrive, you know, so what can you do to not just get through the day, but get through it with a sense of purpose that at the end of the day, you know, you, you feel good about what you did in the convert, the hard conversations that you had and the voice that you bring to um, any topic. You know, I love that because I think um, Marissa and I often talk about this on this podcast, but in general with each other, it's important to have anchors, right? This to me is an anchor for my day today, right? My conversation with Amy Scholes this morning is an anchor. Something to look forward to. I can like hang my hat on it. Like I did that. This is an accomplishment. So whether it's something physical like that, like a meeting with someone or a coffee, or often we talk about in our line of work, you know, LinkedIn connections and, and, right out and, and being active in your search or in your career or networking, um, things to hang your hat on, those anchors, those purpose, even if it's not like this higher order purpose of what's my life, yeah. you know, goal and mission, but really just something that you can 
anchor your day around and then tomorrow you have a new one, right? So go into Jersey freeze if that works, that's a goal. I'm gonna do that today probably with my kids. It's a fun thing to look forward to. So as anyone that knows me well knows, I always try to come up with these like activities for my kids. That's part of my own survival. I like to have something to look forward to for the day for my kids. Otherwise they're just on a device or I'm ignoring them because I'm working yeah. or, you know, to, so to have that sense of purpose for the day is so important, both professionally and personally. So I love that advice. I think that's a wonderful thing to, to, to share. Um, what, if my, what if mine's tequila? <laughs> or tequila can be your I'm just simplifying. I'm just yeah. simplifying. Tequila and coffee, I'm always drinking out of my green straw on these episodes because Starbucks is also my anchor. Um, so we love to wrap with fun questions. You obviously saw the questions prior. We have three. We, we choose them just based on our mood. Um, just to kind of wrap and kind of, sh you know, shake our sillies out and, and come up with something fun to say. Um, and I think what I found is uh, lately, the one I go to most now, obviously, one of our questions is about where would you want to travel, which, LOL, all of us are just like anywhere. Anywhere, yes. <laughs> and I both enjoyed a trip to Disney World before this happened. I know that from sitting next to John on the ferry one night coming home, I overheard your itinerary and I had just gotten back. So I know that we just both did that. Um, and, and that would be a funny question, I think, at any time. But instead today, I'd love to ask you, anywhere that you found um, super inspiring during this pandemic, you know, a, a brand that you followed or a, besides, of course, a Glennon and a Brene, but a, a local restaurant that you ordered from, something that you couldn't have lived without during this or some sort of brand that you wanted to call out, whether locally or nationally, um, that kind of helped you survive all of this. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say local and, and it's more of the physical and mental form, you know, for, for me personally. And um, Poe po, um, Fairhaven is a, has a fundraiser this morning that I donated yeah. to because Same. I yeah. what I love about what has really been a bright spot of my day um, has been doing the beach classes in the morning. You know, we're fortunate we live close to the beach. And so in the morning, instead of, you know, um, doing another thing online, doing another virtual workout, you know, can go outside and, and not just go outside, but listen to the ocean, you know, while I'm trying desperately to do a sprint in the sand. I don't know why I do that, but it is, it is just. <laughs> Meanwhile, really I'm sad because I haven't even done that yet because the way my kids' but, schedules are, are, it just has been too difficult. Time hasn't worked for me either, but I love that. And I see the pictures of those workouts and they look amazing. And I love the girls at Poe and I'm sending them yeah. so much love today. Yes. They yeah. have to cancel the beginning of their fundraiser, but there is a, a bit of it happening this afternoon and some tomorrow. For those that don't know, that's our local yoga studio um, that we all belong to and love dearly because obviously our hearts go to anyone with a small business right now that's just trying to pivot yeah. and figure out other ways to survive, for mm -hmm. sure. But I think that the physical piece, it helps with the mental. And sure. um, during this pandemic, I did, you know, a lot of um, virtual workouts and I was just so grateful and so thankful to have something outside um, just to even get out. Cause that, that's another thing, you know, I found where I'm inside all day. I'm at mm -hmm. my computer, you know, pretty much all day. I want to get outside and have some time to myself. Agree. So hashtag time to myself in general. Yes. I, don't, <laughs> right. I don't know what that, I don't even know what that is. Yesterday right. I was in the car by myself and I was like, what's happening? By the way, when I'm in my car by myself now, I'm just like, sometimes I find myself, I'm such a music person or like, you know, I'm blasting silence. something. Silence. I find silence. myself like 
wow, like there's no noise behind me. I don't have to hear anybody. I don't want to be on a phone call. I just want to like drive and not even listen to a note of music, which is so unlike me. Because you realize it's silence right but now. We're, we are all, I think you said, you said it really well before, Amy, and, it, and, and we've heard this all before, but it's like every single one of us is functioning at a level that is like so overwhelmed mm-hmm. that re- any of our normal actions feel laborious. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think, I think on that note, I'm appreciative of you committing time to us today. Um, I thank you for the accountability, which I've done with all of my guests throughout this time. Um, I think you used the word agency before, which I like, you know, we are here, we're talking, we're talking about stuff that's important. It reminds me that I have a brain. Um, which I don't know how to use as effectively as I used to use, but maybe that's okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I am excited and thankful for all of the hard work that you and your colleagues have done and continue to do. And it's nice to know that tremendously talented, brilliant people are at the helm of something that we all need so much. Desperately right now. And we're our, cre- and now our pretty clear and user friendly tools that will help us continue into this new normal for you know the unfortunate you know, near future, um, hopefully not forever. But still, just knowing even if it's not forever, and just knowing that people like Amy who have a vested interest in education and work behind the scenes, it's the nice scenes. to know. No pressure, Amy. You're just carrying the whole country. No, it's so true. And Marissa and I, you know, one of the reasons we started this podcast was to shine light on people and jobs and professions who are leading with light. They're doing something to bring light and good energy to an industry that maybe we don't think about every day, right? We don't necessarily interact with somebody like Amy, but that doesn't mean that her job doesn't affect us all in some way. And it's so fascinating to hear how you got there, why you do it, how you do it, and how you're managing in this day and age. So we really appreciate you being here. Um, This was such a pleasure. Thank you to Ming at A Shared Universe, our sound guys, and to our team for helping us, you know, post and share and hashtag. And um, looking forward to seeing you in real life, Amy, very soon. Maybe we'll come and crawl into your reading nook. Marissa will be in... Scarlett's beanbag and I'll be in Jack Henry's beanbag and Amy and we can all read together or listen to Glennon Doyle together. Okay. Or, or, and, and a shout out to your, your folks out in Utah. I'm sending them love and light. I know I feel like they've had, I'm trying not to watch the news. It's one of my boundaries. Um, yeah. I know that I feel like they're having a rougher time right now. Um, and the place that I loved was the Red Mountain Resort. Have you been there? Where, where is it? It's um, it's in Ivins. Okay. Ivins, Utah. I, I flew into I Vegas and we drove there okay. and um, I was the, the matron of honor and planned a bachelorette in a dry um, location, which- Dry town. Have, dry town, which I have aforementioned that tequila is something that I think a lot about. <laughs> yeah. um, but- I made it happen and it was actually one of the most spectacular memories I've ever had because as an East yeah. Coast person, we just really, and I'm not, I wasn't raised a skier. So I, you know, we don't really go to Utah. Like, why are you going? Um, and it was phenomenal. So Beautiful, um, yeah. one, one day at the Red Mountain Spa, again, I'd like to hang out in that robe. 
Um, and I look forward to seeing you around town and maybe at a PO something soon. Yes, of course. Thank, Thank you for you. being here, Amy. Thank you. Have a great weekend.